You are listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Hey, before you sit down at your campus, I want you to close your eyes. I want you, if you feel comfortable to do this, before we open up the Word of God and we let God speak to us through His Word, I I would just ask you, if you're willing, would you take the, the palms of your hands and would you just turn them up toward heaven? I'm gonna ask everyone to do this if you feel comfortable. And even if it's uncomfortable, the only way you'll get comfortable is to do it until it's no longer uncomfortable. You know, if you're in a gunfight and you put your hands up, you know what you're saying, you're saying, I surrender. If you're driving a car down the road and you take your hands off the wheel and and you lift your hands up toward heaven, you're saying, I give up control. And that's the posture of our heart today, Lord. I wanna pray this with my sisters and brothers all over the state of South Carolina and watching online. We just want you to be in control today. We want you to have your way today. As a church, we declare out loud with our mouths what we desire in our heart, and that is that we are a people fully submitted to you that I am fully submitted to you, that even right now, I will scrap my notes and go with a ghost if you tell me to. That I've got no agenda but your agenda and we don't know what your agenda is specifically for this moment except for us to be surrendered to you. And that's the posture of our heart. That's what I'm saying with my mouth right now with tens of thousands of people. And we saw you amaze us at the gauntlet this week. Why does it have to stop? It doesn't. Amaze us again today with with our hands empty and open to you, with our hearts surrendered and submitted to you. We're just gonna say, Lord, have your way. We trust you. We fully trust you. I fully trust you in this moment and every moment of my life. And now, as we look to Ephesians 6, I pray we would stand firm and not give an inch to the enemy, and not give an inch to darkness, not because we are strong, but because you are, and we're in you. We're the body of Christ, sisters and brothers. We stand firm today on your word through your spirit by the blood of Christ shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin. Hallelujah, thank you, Father, thank you, Son, thank you, Holy Spirit. Satan, you lose in Jesus' name, amen. All right, high five some people while you sit down. I think I'm ready to preach now. I think I'm ready to go. Good morning, church. Okay, are y'all ready for me to preach? Welcome to the final session of the gauntlet. That's what we typically call the Sunday after the gauntlet. And I wanna celebrate some things. I I brought my phone up here so I get the numbers right. Let's, Let's celebrate this. This past week, we held the gauntlet at Clemson University. If you're visiting with us today, that's our student camp here at New Spring. We haven't done the gauntlet since 2019. Y'all remember life before COVID? I sure do. And this was an amazing week. Let me tell you some numbers that you can celebrate. We had exactly 546 students respond with some kind of decision for Christ. 100 and 96 first-time salvations. First-time commitment to Christ. 
191 have signed up to be baptized and 117 are being baptized today. We had over 50 students that surrendered to a call to full-time ministry. That was beautiful. I was, in the, I was there on Tuesday night when so many students literally publicly, eyes open, lights on, stood to their feet and declared, Jesus is my Lord, and even more, that they wanted to give their lives to a call to ministry. We had 2,400 plus people in attendance, 1,700 students, about 700 adult leaders, and New Spring, I wanna tell you because of your generosity and because of how y'all give. When we ask you to give and we say we're a generous church, it's a value that we believe in. You stepped up, you gave. We were able to raise 100% of the goal for the gauntlet fund and because of your generosity, we saw almost 200 students give their lives to Jesus. Thank you, church, for your generosity. So we celebrate that today. Let's give God a big round of applause for how he has inspired us as a church to make a difference. Also wanna wish you all a happy 4th of July on Tuesday. This is Independence Day weekend. Um, some of my neighbors last night believed that they should start celebrating early. Do y'all have neighbors like that? Do you sometimes wish you weren't a Christian? So I'm just kidding. They started shooting fire. I went to bed at 10 o'clock last night. I was so tired. And at 10.01, they started shooting fireworks. And they shot fireworks till 1.30. This morning, Jesus said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. So I'm trying to do that today. Happy 4th of July. I love America. I've been to now 56 countries. I'm telling you, America is a special, special place. I am proud to be an American. I thank God for this country and the freedoms that we get to enjoy. Okay, in the words of that great uh, evangelist, we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. That's Smokey and the Bandit, by the way, if you've never watched that movie. I need to preach about three hours worth of content in 30 minutes. Can y'all listen fast with me today? We're gonna be in Ephesians chapter six. Go ahead and turn there if you have a Bible. Uh, at our campus here in Anderson, because of the storms last night, we've had uh, some power outage issues. So you may have to grab a pen and paper. We believe that some of it may be available up on the screens just at this campus. But I'm gonna preach through Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 20. This is a message called Stand Firm. We're wrapping up our series in Ephesians. And if you go to our website at newspring.cc and you type in the search bar, whatever you're interested in, we keep track of that. Believe it or not, the number one most searched phrase, the number one topic, the number one subject that people look for on our website is spiritual warfare. Number one, over and above every other subject, this is the number one searched for subject on our website. And Ephesians 6 is that classic passage of scripture where we learn that standing firm is our outward facing posture towards the enemy. That's our posture. You also have to, as you read through Ephesians 6, you have to remember and realize that the devil is real. Satan is not a fictitious character. 
He's not a man in a red suit with pointy ears, a pitchfork, and a tail. He is beautiful. He is deceptive. He is relentless. And he has a horde of evil powers working alongside him, this evil cabal that Paul will call principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And they are highly organized, and they hate us. Let's establish something before we read these verses in Ephesians 6. Not only is the devil real, but he hates you. Why does the devil? hate all of us? One simple reason, because we are made in the image of his arch enemy, God. God and Satan are enemies. They are not equal. Let's establish that. God and the devil are enemies, but they are not equal. God is supreme. God is superior. God is stronger. God is victorious. And that's why we can stand firm as the people of God. So this is our outward facing posture towards the enemy. We stand firm. And in these verses, verses 10 through 20, we're going to see stand and strong mentioned six times in 10 verses. That means it's really important. In this series, we've talked about sit, walk, and stand. These words that come straight from Ephesians. We sit and receive an unshakable identity. We walk in unity and we stand in victory. It's who we are, it's what we do. We sit and we receive an unshakable identity, who we are in Christ. We walk in unity, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, back to back, hand in hand, in unity as the people of God, and we stand in victory. Here we are, the final chapter of Ephesians, and we're gonna learn how to stand firm. Satan wants to take ground inch by inch, when you study human history, you see the way tyrants take over nations. They push a little bit, and if people don't stand up to a tyrant, if they take one inch and you don't resist, next time they take two inches. If you don't resist, the next time they take six inches. And if you don't resist, before you know it, you've got Hitler and Nazi Germany and World War II. This is how tyrants take ground. They push inch by inch. But God tells us as the people of God that we can stand firm and there is a way to do that biblically that doesn't put the onus of responsibility on our shoulders, but it simply liberates us to stand in the victory of Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 20. I want to read this with you as you look along either on your New Spring app or in your copy of the Word of God. At the end of his letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul is locked up in a prison cell. He's chained, literally chained, to a Roman soldier. And he's looking at this Roman soldier that he's chained to and he sees his, his outfitting in Roman armor. And Paul, being a great preacher, a great communicator, looks at all of the pieces of the armor that that Roman soldier is wearing and he says, a Christian should be equipped like that. And we get to read those words right now. He says in verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, 
against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then he finishes up in verse 19 by saying, and also for me. I want you to hear the pastoral heart of a brother imprisoned in chains, strapped to a Roman soldier, for which I am an ambassador. Look what he says in verse 19. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's unpack some of what we see here in this passage of scripture. Let me dive straight in. Point number one, we stand against powers, not against people. I wanna take a minute here. We don't stand against people. People are not our enemy. Powers are. So we don't stand against particular people. We stand against powers. I wanna take you back to verse 12. Look at verse 12. I think it's there. There we are. For we do not wrestle. This is so clear. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, if you have skin on, you're a human, and you're not my enemy. Even if you and I disagree politically, you're not my enemy. If we disagree about other very important things, like whether or not you should put sugar and cream in your coffee or drink it black like Jesus drinks it every morning. You're not my enemy if we disagree about that. You, you can drive a Ford and I can drive a, well, I drive a Ford. You can drive a Chevy and I can drive a Ford. We're gonna get along. You can be a Carolina fan and I can be a Clemson fan and you can be a Furman fan and you can be a Wofford fan. You're not my enemy. You're just not. We as a church believe this. We stand on this, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Who is our enemy? Well, Paul says it. He paints it very clearly. Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness and spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Those are our enemies. Satan is highly organized. He has an entire army of, of cosmic powers that are, that are trying to attack our world and hurt us because we're made in the image of God. So if you ever feel yourself like I do sometimes, y'all have heard me say this before, I'm, I like to fight, I like to mix it up, I, I like, I've, I've always been that, it's how I'm wired. 
God has to remind me and restrain me all the time with Ephesians 6.12 to remind me people are not the problem. Powers are the problem. Now, let me unpack this a little bit for you. When, when Satan himself fell from heaven, Lucifer, this archangel, fell from heaven. You can read about this in Ezekiel and in Isaiah. He was filled with pride and a third of the angels in heaven went with him. We don't have time to go into the history of who the devil is, but this shows us he's real. And if you don't believe the devil is real, then he's already halfway defeated you. If you don't believe that cosmic forces of evil exist, then he's got you right where he wants you. And I love the phrase that Paul uses here in verse 12, the, the powers of this present darkness. Can, I, can we just all agree right now that if you open your eyes and look at our world, we're living in this present darkness. We're living in a dark world. Our world feels like if you spend a lot of time watching the news, which I would encourage you to watch less, just for your own spiritual health, for your own mental and emotional health. But as Christians, we have to be ready with the gospel. And if you look around at what's going on right now, I can remember, let me just get real um, confessional here. Back in the 1980s, I got saved listening to a guy named Billy Mayo, Margie Bear, and I both got saved under this guy's ministry. He used to come to churches and play rock and roll music backwards. Anybody remember backmasking from back in the 1900s? Anybody remember that? You'd play a record backwards. Now, if you're a gauntlet student, a record is how we used to listen to music <laughs> back in the day. And you'd play a record backwards that would give you a satanic message like start to smoke marijuana or drop kick a kitten or something terrible like that. Bad, bad things. Listen, the devil used to, it feels to me like, the devil used to try to hide his schemes now, he is not hiding. It is in wide open view, in broad daylight, middle of the day. I mean, you can't watch a Grammy award show. You can't watch a, a concert. People literally dress up like the devil, put people in cages, mimic satanic things on television, and we applaud them, and they win awards. The devil is not even embarrassed or ashamed of the darkness that he is trying to force on our world. You know what God tells us? Stand firm. Don't give an inch. Stand the ground like a child of God, because we don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are evil forces at work trying to redefine basic human understanding of reality, trying to redefine what a marriage is, what a woman is, what a man is. This is not just coming from people. This is coming from powers. Satan wants to destroy everything God creates. Satan is not a creator. Satan is a counterfeiter. So all the good things that God makes the way that God says, I make male and female and the two of you together can flourish. Satan wants to attack what God creates. He wants to counterfeit what God says is good and we're watching it happen right now. Church, this present darkness will not prevail over the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It cannot, it will not. We stand firm. We stand firm. I wrote this in my notes as I was thinking about like, okay, so how do I, as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor, how do I do this? I, when, when, I, when I am tempted to get mad at people, when I'm tempted, can I just tell y'all, again, confessional, the people I get the most angry at, 
and this has nothing to do with anything except me, people that get their phone out at a red light and start texting and scrolling social media at a red light and then it turns green and you're four cars behind and you know they are on their phone scrolling Instagram. When I hit that horn on my F-250 and it sounds like a freight train, I think thoughts about those people sometimes that I probably have to confess and repent of. In small little ways, the Lord can remind us people are not your problem. As a matter of fact, the only person that's my problem is this person right here. I'm my problem. And what we get to do as the people of God is to stand firm when we remember our battle is not against our neighbor. It's not against the other party, the other team. Our battle is against the powers of darkness. Number two, we stand armed. We stand armed. We have, you have an arsenal of spiritual battle gear so that you can stand firm and not give an inch to the devil. Students, you have an arsenal. All 1,700 plus students that came to Gauntlet this week, God has given you an arsenal. You have weaponry at your disposal, but it's not the kind of weapons we think about as Americans. These are different kinds of weapons. Let me just list them off for you. They're very simple. They're right there in the scripture. The belt of truth. So what does a belt do? Well, a belt holds up what you're wearing, but a belt also in those days covered the middle of your body, your intestines, your stomach. And in the scripture, emotions were always connected to your bowels. That's where you felt feelings. So the belt of truth, the truth of God's word is a defense to help you stand your ground when you're depressed when you're sad, when you feel feelings and emotions of doom, when you feel isolated, when you've gone through a divorce and you feel like no one will ever love you again, when your mom and dad have just gotten a divorce or they've split up and you're blaming yourself, the belt of truth can protect your emotions from the attack of the enemy. We have the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate, what does it do? It covers our heart. Our hearts are unrighteous and wicked until we meet Jesus. And then when you give your life to Jesus, his righteousness gets given to you as a gift. It's just a gift of grace. Can't achieve it, you receive it. And what does that breastplate do? It protects your heart. You get the righteousness of Jesus. And then the next piece is the, the shoes of the gospel. The shoes of the gospel. I'm wearing shoes today because shoes help you go places you couldn't go if you were barefooted. Shoes also mean you're getting ready. We have a dog, Shari and I, and Jacob and Joseph have a little dog. I hate to tell you all this. He's more like a cat than a dog. He's about the size of a cat. He's like 14, 16 pounds, something like that. His name is Theo. He's a toy poodle. I grew up with hunting dogs that could eat toy poodles. And now I have a toy poodle and I love him like he's my own child. Jacob, Joseph, I love y'all just a little bit more, but I still love Theo a lot. And when we put our shoes on at the house, when Shari and I put our shoes on, that dog thinks we're taking him for a W-A-L-K. We, we have to spell walk, because if you say walk, it's like, <laughs> he is like Cujo on crack. He just goes nuts. When you put your shoes on, it means you're getting ready. That's part of our armor. It means we're ready for ministry. Gauntlet students, you have ministry everywhere you look. When you go back to school, your public school, your private school, your Christian school, your homeschool co-op, people all around you just ready for ministry. 
Everywhere you go, have your feet ready, shoes of the gospel on your feet, whether you're in the post office or the YMCA or whether you're in a restaurant, this is part of our armor. Then the shield of faith. Faith, this shield that we throw up, it puts out, Paul says, the flaming darts of the enemy when Satan throws ideas at you, thoughts at you, and you can't stop your mind from spinning when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't stop thinking about whatever that thing is you were thinking about, you know what that shield does? It puts out those fiery darts. The helmet of salvation. This is where thoughts oftentimes take over us and the helmet protects the most vital part of your body in battle, which is your head, and that is salvation. We have the sword of the spirit, the word of God. This is God's word. We we love it at New Spring. We preach it at New Spring. We, we declare it at New Spring. Hide God's word in your heart. This is a weapon. And finally, praying in the spirit. This is part of our weaponry, part of our arsenal. You can pray anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Prayers given to God in moments of need. Prayers given to God in moments of celebration. Prayer when you don't know what else to pray for and all you can muster up is, God, help me. That's part of our arsenal. You see, the devil uses deception, distraction, and division to attack us. But God has equipped us with an entire arsenal of defense. Number three, we stand strong in Christ. This is how we stand firm. We don't do it in the power of our flesh. We do it by the power of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. Paul says it. In plain text right here, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is how we stand. We don't just white knuckle our way through. We go to Jesus for strength. We take the strength that Jesus showed us on the cross. How strong was Jesus that not only did he live a perfect life, never committed a single sin, But when he had an opportunity to defend himself, he did not because he knew the cross was the plan for our salvation. Jesus, in his weakness as a man, showed us how strong we can be. Paul would say this in Corinthians, when I am weak, that's when his strength is made perfect. So when you feel weak this week, when you feel weak this year, when you feel like you cannot stand firm another second, think about Jesus. It's a trick, I've learned. not even a trick, I'm sorry, it's a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline I've learned that when I'm weak, when I'm tired, when I haven't slept well, when I'm emotional, when I'm feeling all of the feelings of the world and all of the darkness creeping in on me and I'm watching war happen all over the world and I'm watching political upheaval happen all over the world and I'm asking myself, how are we, the church, how am I gonna stand strong? I think about Jesus on the cross. I think about what Jesus did for us. His strength is how we stand. Satan violently opposes us, and here's why I believe one of the reasons we oftentimes give ground to the devil, we don't realize how much he fears our gifts. One of the reasons why Satan violently opposes the church, and one of the reasons why Satan wants to keep us all divided from each other, separated on secondary issues, is because the devil knows that when the Holy Spirit comes into the life of a believer at salvation, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. Everybody at this church, every single campus, you have gifts. 
spiritual gifts. It may be preaching. It may be teaching. Maybe you've got the gift of encouragement or the gift of hospitality. Maybe you've got the gift of, of generosity. Maybe you've got an ability to open up the Bible and just teach people what it means. Satan does not want you to use that gift. So you know what he does? He keeps us addicted to entertainment. He keeps us distracted by pleasure. He keeps us divided along lines of everything of under the sun. And as long as he can keep us divided, distracted, we're not using our gifts. The kingdom of God doesn't advance. He gets to push inch by inch by inch. One of the ways that we stand firm, one of the ways that we hold the line, one of the ways that we stand our ground is by putting our spiritual gifts to use, by encouraging people with our words, by giving money, by funding the gauntlet, by tithing, by volunteering on a Sunday, by walking over to that neighbor that kept you up till 1.30 shooting off bottle rockets and inviting them to church or taking them a dessert. Man, listen, there are so many ways that we can use those gifts and Satan doesn't want you to use them not a single time. So use the gifts that God has given you. Don't give him an inch. You stand strong in Christ. And finally, number four, we stand strong together. We stand strong together. We can't stand firm if we're divided. We can't stand firm if we're isolated. We need each other. Look at what Paul says in verse 18. He literally says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for who? All the saints. We need each other. We need all the saints. We have to work as a team because Satan has powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. They are organized. They are efficient. They are effective. One of the reasons why God moved so powerfully this week at the gauntlet and so many of us witnessed it is because there was for six, seven, eight months a team, hundreds of staff members and volunteers pulling together for the same purpose, working together for the same cause. And when we got to Clemson University and worked with that wonderful team there at Clemson, everybody was in an atmosphere and you had been prayed for. People had interceded for you. Literally every chair at our Clemson campus had people laying hands on the chairs before the students and the leaders walked in. The worship was amazing. The messages were powerful. People responded. The altar was was full. Why was it so special? Because we were standing together. We were working together. You gave, you volunteered, you prayed. And as we all came together, the atmosphere was different. It felt like heaven on earth in that room. Why? Because we said, this is where we're going. That's the goal. And we're gonna set aside differences. We're gonna set aside opinions. We're doing this for the students of New Spring Church, for the future of this body of Christ. And we're gonna give whatever it takes. There's no amount of money too much, no amount of sweat too much. We'll do Whatever we have to do, we're going to reach these kids and show them how to follow Jesus and how to hear from God. And you know what God did? He blessed it and it worked because we stood together. Praying for all the saints. I played high school football at Hillcrest and 1990, uh, November of 1990 was our last game and we weren't even going to make the playoffs. We, we were a mediocre team at best. 
the last series of the last game I ever played football in high school. We were playing Eastside High School in Greenville, and we were up eight to six. They had the ball on the two-yard line. It was fourth and goal on the two-yard line with five seconds. I'm talking like this is a Friday Night Lights episode if you ever saw one. And I'm on defense. I'm playing defensive end on the right side. And we had this goal line defense. And you know what we would do? Every guy would get up on the, on the line, and when we would typically line up, we would leave a gap between our feet. But on goal line defense, I could hear Coach Price from the sidelines yelling. We would put our feet literally right, touching each other, right beside each other. And we all got down in a four-point stance, and from the sideline, I can hear Coach Price yelling. I will never forget this. Hold the line, don't give an inch. Tobacco juice dripping out of his chin. <laughs> Hold the line, don't give an inch. Hold the line, don't give an inch. Hold the line, don't give an inch. And they snapped the ball and we dug in and we held the line and we literally did not give an inch and we stopped them on fourth and goal. The, 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 the clock runs out, the, the, bells, the bells and the buzzers go off, the crowd's screaming and we won. We didn't even go to the playoffs, but we won. We won that game because we held the line. You know how we did it? Together. With our feet literally planted on that ground, touching our brother beside us. And students from Gauntlet, parents of students, and New Spring Church, if you want to stand firm in Christ, if you're tired of being swept back and forth by every wave, if you're tired of being up and then down, happy and then sad, if you're tired of getting worked up over things that don't really matter except in the moment, but in eternity you miss the big things, here's how you can stand firm. Just come together with the people of God. Stand firm side by side with your sisters and your brothers. Be here on Sunday. Eat meals together. Fellowship at school. Sit together in the cafeteria. If you have one other believer at your school, you can stand together with that believer. And then we can stand firm. We can hold the line by God's grace. I'm going to ask you to just respond in your seat right now for a moment. Would you go back to that posture that we had at the beginning of our time where you're just listening for God speak, to speak to you. You're trying to hear what he's saying to you right now. In our response time today, there are going to be people that respond in different ways. We've already seen folks baptized today. We've got communion available for every Christian at all of our campuses. So in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and take communion if you're a believer. But I'm just wondering while I've been preaching today, if you've heard the Holy Spirit tell you it's time to, to actually give your life to Jesus for real. We saw 196 students do that this week at the gauntlet. They were saved. They repented of their sin. And now you, as a student or as a parent or as an adult or just as a visitor to our church today, you can give your life to Jesus right now. And you can learn what it means to stand firm in the power of Christ and the love of Jesus. So I just believe that there is something happening in our church right now. And one of the signs of the move of God is when people put their faith in Jesus. So I'm asking you right now, if you need to put your faith in Jesus, if you need to be saved, if you don't have an assurance of salvation, you're confused about it, 
There's one way you can really know, and that is to just ask Jesus to save you. And if you do, he'll always say yes. He's already said yes on the cross. If that's you, I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit. I'm trusting that he's spoken to you in ways none of us ever could. So if you want to give your life to Christ right now, pray this to him in your heart. He's not mad at you. He loves you so much. And if you'll ask him in, he'll come and he'll save you, starting right now. Pray this to him. I want you to save me, Jesus. I want to stand firm. And I want to know you. Give me assurance of my salvation. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I trust you. I really believe in you. I repent of my sin. And I give you control. Thank you for saving me. I love you so much. I ask you to just keep your eyes closed for a second. We count the things that count in life and just with your eyes closed, I can only see the Anderson campus. But I'm gonna ask at every single campus, if you just prayed to receive Christ, with your eyes closed and your hearts open, would you just make one small act of faith by raising your hand? I'm not gonna make you stand up or call you for it if you don't wanna come. But if you just prayed to receive Christ, could you raise your hand just straight up above your head at every campus right now? I'm gonna count in this room. I can't see the other campuses. You put your hands down. Praise God. Everybody look at me for a moment. I, I don't know how many people just responded at your campus, but here in this room, seven people just raised their hands to say, I have responded to the gospel and asked Jesus to come into my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna invite everybody to stand on their feet at every campus. Eyes open, we're about to worship. I'm gonna ask you to stand up. If you prayed to receive Christ, those weren't, listen, y'all, those weren't just words you were praying. You are asking the living God to come and take ownership of your life and take residence in your heart. And that is the greatest miracle in the whole world. So if you prayed to receive Christ, we're gonna have some, some folks at the, at the front and around the room where you are. There's a cross in your room. And if you did pray to receive Christ while people are coming, I'm gonna ask our, our prayer team members, go ahead and make your way to where you're gonna go. We've got people that can pray for you. If you need prayer today, we got our teams coming for communion, but if you prayed to receive Christ, find the cross. There's a wooden cross in your room, and we've got some care team members. They are there, and somebody would just love to pray for you. Find that cross, and as we begin to move and take communion, I want you to go to that cross and just tell that person, I just prayed that prayer, and let us help you take your next step as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. Communion is available for every believer. Prayer teams are there to pray with you. And if you pray to receive Christ, I pray you'd move as soon as I say amen. Move to the cross. Jesus, thank you for your grace, your power on display. Thank you for your presence in our gatherings today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.